Alright, some things old, some things new, and some things black and blue. All this and more on the Panthers Reddit Podcast. Guys, welcome into a special edition for the off-season of the Panthers Reddit podcast. This is Kevin, probably better known as Bales Above to you guys, hosting it this time. Uh, we're actually going to be minus J and going to be minus App. Instead, joining me today, we got, well, you guys know him, you guys love him, Saber. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. And as far as the love me, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, okay. You love to hate him. <laughs> so we'll start out with uh, our general, what you drinking tonight there, Saber? Uh, well, y'all know I'm not big alcohol guys, teetotaler. So I got here a Coke Zero. Oh, going healthy today. And, yeah, well, you know, got to keep it up. Well, not to let down our brave original hosts, who will be back with us soon. I'm drinking an Anchor Porter, uh, which is, I think, quite nice. Uh, but we've got a lot to get into today. Uh, so we're going to start out with a little bit of news going over what's happened so far in the free agency. Uh, we're going to start out with who's gone so far. So during the free agency, we lost Daryl Worley to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we lost Jonathan Stewart, who I can't remember who signed him. Uh, Giants. Kirk, Giants, thank you, yes. Uh, Kurt Coleman is gone. Charles Johnson is gone. Cornerback Teddy Williams is gone. Ed Dixon is gone. And star Lotulelelelelele is also gone. And, of course, unfortunately, we all know and we all loved him, our all-star guard Andrew Norwell is gone. So, Sam, we're going to start out with this. Who do you think are our most impactful losses for this free agency? Well, first... Speaking of Dixon, I do have a very um, direct and possible personal question I'd like to ask you, and I hope you don't mind me asking. Okay. But between the two of us, who would be the J and who would be the app? That's a good question. I think I think you'd probably be the J, and I'd probably be the app just from our drinking levels. But Possibly. I think we got I think we got a nice little blend of each of them in us. I don't think we got one particular that's the bigger of the two. I know you're probably closer with Jay on your views of Ed Dixon than I am. I'm closer to to App and loving him. Yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> okay, so going back to who's gonna be the biggest impact um, lost. Uh it's, it's This is a hard one, but I'm going to go with Jonathan Stewart. Um, Coleman and Johnson, they definitely, their uh, leadership is going to be felt, the, the loss of their leadership. But uh, I think some of Cam's best years was when he was pretty much leaning on Jay Stu. And uh, depending on what we do to replace that hole that he's left now, uh, it could be potentially our biggest loss. 
Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I definitely think he's huge. I think, though, personally, it's I mean, it's going to be the cliche answer. I think Andrew Norwell is going to be our biggest loss. He was one of, if not the absolute best left guard in the entire NFL last season. And losing him and losing the support that uh, Matt Khalil really came to rely on on that side of the line to help him anchor that, that's going to be big going forward if we don't have anyone really big to step up and take those shoes. And I'm not currently convinced that Moten's going to do it. So I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, uh, the sub knows, you know, my my thoughts on this, how upset I was of us losing Norwell, and probably the one issue I've had with Herney this offseason. But um, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just roll with it and see how Moten performs. Maybe we pick up another guy in the draft who could potentially bring in what Norwell had. Uh, we'll just have to see over the next week. Yep. So to go with those losses, though, we have made some moves and some pickups. Uh, so who's in from this offseason? We're going to start out with Dontari Poe, a defensive tackle from Atlanta. Uh, coming in also off of the Daryl Worley trade from Philadelphia, we got the wide receiver Torrey Smith. From Minnesota, we picked up offensive guard Jeremiah Sirles? 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 Uh, from the Giants, we got cornerback Ross Cockrell. From Tennessee, we got safety Denoris Searcy. And from Minnesota as well, we picked up wide receiver Jarius Wright. And I want to go through and see who you think our biggest pickup so far with the caveat that I think we both agree that Dontario Poe is probably the absolute biggest. So after him, who do you think is your biggest? This is a toss-up between Wright and Cockrell. I'd go with Cockrell based on that uh, with Worley going off to the Eagles, we really needed someone to step up as a number two cornerback. And, uh, I mean, most of the guys we have right now, aside from Bradbury, or mostly slot guys. You know, you got Munderlin, who's actually not that good anyways, uh, Cornelder, and uh, the guy from uh, the Bills, Kevon Seymour. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's unimpressive this season. I, I felt that Worley was much better than him. But uh, Cockrell, he excelled in the uh, zone defense that Pittsburgh played so heavily. So, you know, he's the type of guy that we can probably rely on for our zone defense. Uh, he did very well with the Giants. Uh, he had a breakout season pretty much uh, last year. And honestly, I think he could affect much be the biggest impact of uh, our secondary aside from who we may draft for our safety position. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I, I was uh, actually looking at a couple different players. I was looking at uh, either Torrey Smith or Denora Searcy personally. Uh, Searcy has the definite potential to be an immediate starter on our uh, secondary uh, with how much we've lost and how poor our play was back there. I mean, we've got right now Mike Adams is pretty much our only guy that anybody even knows who he is at the safety position. And seriously, had a good year at Tennessee. He wasn't great. He wasn't outstanding. I mean, it's why we got him as cheap as we did. But uh, pulling in someone who has experience, who knows what he's doing in the backfield and is able to help with getting those guys going forward is huge. And then with Torrey Smith, he's bringing in a lot of speed that we've been missing, I think, for the past little bit on our uh, wide receiver core. And he's someone that I think is going to kind of give Cam what he lost when we lost 
Ted Ginn Jr., someone just go down the field and also have something we haven't had since Cotri in Philadelphia has been bemoaning that we're getting this guy from them, even if they were going to be releasing him. His third down catch percentage was amazing last season. And so having that kind of possession guy outside of just Greg Olson is going to be huge for our offense. So both of those guys I've really got my eye on. Yeah, I have to agree with all those points. Um, I know that uh, a lot of Vikings fans were upset over losing Wright, but I saw an equal number of Tynes fans who were just as upset over losing Cersei. They felt that he could have been a performer for them, but I guess they chose the... I can't remember what his name is, but the other safety decided to go with him mm-hmm. instead. So Cersei is definitely a name that I'm going to be keeping an eye out on, and hopefully, you know, he'll he'll make a name for himself because God knows we need someone back there. Yeah, no kidding. And you know that if we don't actually talk about this, that we're going to be here in the airful once the show comes out. So we lost Star, but we're gaining Duntari Poe, who was a monster against us from Atlanta for the past several years. So I want to know your thoughts on getting this big space-eating defensive tackle in. Well, you mentioned big space-eating tackle, and uh, that's what everyone said the Star was to be, when, especially when we drafted him back in 2013. Uh, he did very well in his rookie season, but then the, the foot injury just brought him down over the years. And just last year, he was at his lowest. He, I mean, yeah, he held his block good, but just overall, he was very average in what we were asking him to do. Uh, one thing I do like about Poe over Star is that Poe can rush the passer. He can hold blocks better than Star. And he plays the gap so much better because, you know, he's so much bigger. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that we're actually going to be seeing us getting an upgrade off of the uh, play from Star from last year and honestly the last two years. Uh, once we slot uh, Poe into his position, it's going to be impressive to see our front four once we've got the production that Star had essentially his rookie year on a regular basis out of Poe. I'm really looking forward to that. I think we made an improvement. We made an improvement for a cheaper cost. So talking about Norwell being my your big down point for Herney for this offseason, getting the Poe signing was my big up point for Herney this offseason. That was a great pickup and one I really did not expect to see. I, I have to agree. I mean, Poe is honestly better than Star. He was cheaper than Star, and he's even younger despite being drafted a year before Star. Yeah, wins all around. Um, so it's really interesting to see what our free agents class is going to do going forward. But of course, the free agency is only the setup for us going into the draft. That's really what we're here to talk about today. So why don't we go ahead and get right into it? We'll start out with day one, and the only round of the day is round one. We're picking at pick 24. And I'm going to go ahead and say I can see us making a trade up here. And I've looked eyeing the Seattle position around 18, um, maybe a little bit lower around 19. I want to see us pick up Will Hernandez, an offensive guard out of UTEP. And with our moves this offseason, we've lost Star and we've gained Surlis, who, to be frank, he's not expected to start. He's more as a depth guy for us. And he was the exact same in Minnesota. So it leaves us with Moten as our current most likely starter. Um, 
Right now, I want to add a possible immediate starter here, or at least someone who's going to compete hard with Moten and make him into a better player if Moten ends up winning the job. And our biggest need, safety, is probably the deepest position in this entire draft. And so I'm more willing to hold off there than I am to hold off on offensive guard, which is a little bit shallower of a position this draft. All right. Um, I'm going to be looking at my picks uh, without trades. Um, I'm just going to assume that we're going to pick at whatever picks we have. Uh, for pick 24, I'm going with Justin Reed, safety out of Stanford. I think at this point everybody knows him, knows that uh, he's a name that a lot of people want. Also a name that a lot of people will feel that will fall into the second round. Um, personally, I feel that he's Probably after Derwin and Minka, he's probably the most complete safety in the draft. Uh, yes, it's dr uh, deep, but uh, a lot of the safeties at, after this point are either going to be free safeties or they're going to be strong safeties. Uh, I feel Justin Reed can play both positions. So, you know, he could be out there with Mike Adams. He could be out there covering, you know, boundary of the field. Uh, he could be coming up front to stop the run, play the pass rush. We could have Cersei or possibly Cox if he's still around uh, playing deep. Uh, so I like Justin. You know, he's got a lot of talent. He's got a lot of uh, you know physical abilities. I feel that he could be an instant um, upgrade and just turn around what we dealt with the past year, just the nonstop scores. <laughs> yeah, the getting burned over the top every time. Yep. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with you that safety is going to be our big position of need. So with that being our only round in day one, we're going to move on to day two. Uh, in round two, we're picking at pick 55. Um, right now, I've got us picking up Jordan Whitehead, safety out of Pittsburgh. Um, now, with how deep this class is, uh, I'm fully convinced that a round two safety pick from this class could easily be a starting going forward to us, especially with how shallow we are right now at the position. Um, and I agree with you. I could see Justin Reed slipping into the second round. So if he's still available, I'd put this pick with Reed. Absolutely. Um, but I think he'll be selected a little bit before we get back onto the clock. This about midway into round two. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to slip down a spot in my order on safeties for Whitehead. Uh, but he's definitely a solid prospect, I think, with definite start, instant starter possibilities. And... I think that he's going to be someone, if we end up going with him, that will make an immediate impact on our team. That's what's so interesting about the safety class is that I'm about to mention a third safety name, and you may have felt so far these safeties we're naming are all instant starters. Yeah. Um, the guy I'm picking is Jesse Bates. Uh, he's actually a favorite of the sub right now, and uh, I've been watching a lot of tape on him. Uh, he just, you know... Get in, get in tune with who's all coming up. And I see, like, it might be over-exaggeration, but I see shades of Earl Thomas in him. Mm -hmm. I know I've seen him mentioned before that he could be essentially a poor man's Earl Thomas, but even a poor man's Earl Thomas is still amazing because, you know, E.T. is probably one of the best safeties in the league right now. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, again, that plays into you know our um, ability to move everyone around in the backfield. We can have Justin Reed playing strong safety, and we can have Jesse playing free safety. Uh, if we double dip on safety, we got our back end pretty much covered up. Our um, entire secondary is going to be very young, you know, with the exception of 
uh, Mike Adams and uh, Captain Munderland, most of our guys are under 25, uh, mm-hmm. our cornerbacks, our safeties. So if we get any of them locked down, uh, you know, especially our young safeties, we could see really good defensive play over the next five years at minimum. Yeah. And the one thing I will say, yeah, we have named already three safeties from this draft class. Um, there is definitely a difference between Reed and these guys who are probably a tier lower, uh, both Whitehead and Bates. The one nervousness I have with them is that both of their film, they do have a tendency to get a little handsy and that gets a little more leeway in college than it does in pro ball. And so if they continue that, that could be an issue for us going forward, similar to what we see New Orleans dealing with right now with one of their young safeties. Um, but I think that we've got the guys on our defensive t- uh, staff that can really get that knocked out of them. And so I think both of them, with that being their biggest detriment in my eyes going forward, that's something that we can definitely work around. Yeah, most of our secondary coaches are actually pretty much Wilkes guys. And Wilkes built up, a, I would say, an exceptional crew of mm-hmm. coaches. Uh, you know, everybody from Curtis to uh, – who's the guy we just replaced? But yeah, no, we got uh, we yeah. got a lot of great secondary coaches who have done some amazing things with what little we've given them. Uh, I don't know if you remember back in 2013, we had what was called the Legion of Whom. Uh, these yeah. were these were secondary defensive backs that no one even thought would do anything in the league. You know, we had Melvin White, uh, Lester, uh, what's the the old guy, Quentin Mickle. Oh, and God, these guys came him. in, <laughs> they they worked with our coaches, and uh, we put up, you know, very good secondary play in 2013. Yeah, we really did. So um, I, I have a lot of expectations for whoever we bring in, especially Cockerell, but it, on top of that, our safeties, whoever we draft. Um, I think we can, we can make a pretty stellar, at least top 10 secondary. I, I would go that far and say top 10. Yeah, if if we fill the whole safety, especially with the moves we made at cornerback, I can definitely see us moving up there, especially with how bad it were last year. Uh, but moving right along, we're going to go ahead and move on to round three. We're picking at pick 85. And I'm going to go with what might be a little bit of a surprise. I'm going to go and have us picking up a running back. And I've got my eye on Bo Scarborough out of Atlanta. Uh, or not, sorry, not Atlanta, Alabama. <laughs> Wrong A-team. You... Point him out at the beginning of the show, Jay Stu was one of our big losses this season. Um, and with him gone now, we're going to need a running back who can take the power running downs for Christian McCaffrey because that's just not where he excels. And if there's one school in the FBS that screams power run game to me, it's Alabama. And Scarborough's biggest struggle has been in the passing game, and that'll have him, from what I've seen, sliding down a lot of boards into the third, maybe even fourth round. And so with running back and the back backup running back or the, the power back position really being something that we need to look at, that's something that I've got my eye on. And so I'm hoping that he's still going to be around for us this late in the third because our offense thrives in the run game. So let's I, I say let's go ahead and get that shored up with someone we know is going to be an instant starter for our power game right here. I'm going in the same direction, but with a different name. I figured if we're going to be replacing Jay Stu, we might as well replace him with essentially Jay Stu. <laughs> uh, my, my pick is Royce Freeman. 
Um, I've been ringing his bell for the past two years on the sub. I, I know that everyone's seen me talking about him. A big, big favorite of mine's from last year's draft, but he decided to stay in Oregon for another year. But uh, we may see him in the draft this year. We may even see him in Panthers uniform next uh, next season, hopefully. Um, pretty much is Jace too. Big bowling ball guy. He runs down the field. He picks up speed. Uh, he can play well in option, uh, which we, we play a lot of uh, here in uh, Charlotte. And uh, just overall, if I had to say any of the, my picks or my favorites, it's Royce Freeman. No, I could I, I definitely like that pick a lot. I could see Freeman being honestly an improvement over Jay Stu a few years down the line if we end up going his direction instead of Scarbros. He reminds me a lot of Jay Stu's speed and cutting ability with Mike Tolbert's ability to break arm tackles. And okay. that's something that I think would go really well with our offense. Yeah. Uh so round three is actually a double dip uh round for us. We got both uh, pick 85 and also right up again pick 88 um and i copped out a little bit this is uh if we're going to trade up in the first round we've got to give something up and so i went ahead and gave up this pick it's a compensatory compensatory pick uh for some of the free agent moves from last year so this is the pick that i'd like to see as package uh with our first and move up to get to seattle for me it's almost the same i uh if Derwin James would fall into the late teens, uh, this would also be the pick I would package to to move up to grab him. But uh, like I said, we're, I'm just going with the assumption that uh, we're not trading up, we're not moving around. Uh, so for my pick uh, in round the second round three, uh, I went with Frank Ragnow, uh, offensive line from Arkansas. Uh, yeah, and I say Arkansas. I, I don't know how many of you say Arkansas, but you know I grew up in Kansas, so. <laughs> I hear Arkansas a lot over there. (laughs) Yeah. One of the first things when I moved to Texas was uh, I was in school, and I said Arkansas, and I got made fun of by pretty much everyone, including the teacher. I have never heard Arkansas in my life. Yeah. I I cannot imagine that anybody else had had a different pronunciation for that that state. But then I learned when I moved to Texas, it's Arkansas. No, I think most people from Arkansas call it Arkansas. Yeah. I know maybe we can have uh, one of our Arkansas Panther fans chime in on the, the comments once we upload this. <laughs> uh, if they so, exist. yeah, Frank Ragnow, uh, guard mostly, but he can slide in center, big, powerful guy. Won't beat you with speed or quickness, but he's got good technique. Uh, the only worries about him right now is he did have that uh, high ankle injury, which he had surgery on. Mm-hmm. Um, barring any setbacks, I feel that he could come back strong and be one of the the top offensive linemen in this draft. Uh, had he not got injured, but uh, working with our offensive line coaches, especially uh, Ray Brown, we brought in right. That sounds right. I had to yeah, go and look yeah, it up. <laughs> yeah, because now Matsko is our uh, run game coordinator, and yes. we went over it last oh, time. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, um, I think we can we can work around that injury, uh, work with his you know speed issues, but uh, he's got the technique. He's smart, and that's what we like is people who are smart and who have good technique. And you have people like that, you can do anything with them. Yeah, and the flexibility is also something that's really big. Um, looking forward, especially as we start to get further down into these 
uh, into these days and into these rounds, we're going to start be looking for people who are flexible, people who can play multiple positions. So Ragnar's ability to play both guard and center, especially with Moten uh, having the possibility of being our starting guard and losing him as a backup center going forward, um, that's going to be something that is a huge boon for anyone able to do that. At worst, I feel that he could be an upgrade over Larson. Like if we decide to, Ooh, if, we, if we do end up uh, cutting Khalil and we decide Moten is going to be the starting guard, then I feel that Ragnow can uh, step in over Larson and immediately start his center. That's, that's high praise because Larson had a great year last year. So we're going to go ahead and move into day three. And as I mentioned before, this is where we start to look more at positions and if we when we are looking at the players themselves, at least for myself, I'm looking at players who are either going to be project players or are going to be people who are the backups or someone who can play multiple positions um, at the same time. And so this is where things start to get a little bit more nebulous for me, a little bit more this is kind of the general trend or the direction that I want to see us moving in with the draft as a whole. I don't know if you're taking a different slant when you're looking at this or not. Yeah, I'm. I'm still focusing more on what they can offer the team um, at, at their position. Uh, yeah, when you get into this late, it's harder to really nail down what the players at this point can offer. You know, a lot of them haven't had a lot of playing time. A lot of them have problems with their technique, have problems with their physical abilities, even have problems with their mental abilities. But you know, at this point, I still want to see what players that we could bring in that would be the best at the position at this point and offer something to our team, whether it's for what they can offer themselves or what they can offer you know, to their teammates. Yeah. Uh, so going right into it, uh, round four, we actually don't have a pick this year, so that's something to look for. Um, there is possibilities that we may try and trade into the fourth with some of these late picks or something from future years. Um, if there's someone that we see as uh, kind of a best player available type of situation. But as of right now, there's nothing going on there for us. So going straight into round five, at pick 161, um, I've got us taking Contavious Street. Uh, he's a defensive end out of New uh, NC State. Um, and with Charles Johnson gone and Pepper's starting to get, really get up there in age, uh, we have a slight bit of depth hole at the defensive end. Um, Peppers already was taking a more of a situational role, uh, especially for the pass, uh, uh, passing downs, which is why we saw his sack totals a little bit inflated over what we'd normally expect. Um, so I'm expecting the team to ask our current players to step up, plus have a slightly less blitz-happy scheme, but we still need to add some depth. And Contavious Streets from North Carolina... Um, so he is a hometown guy, but he's had some slight issues, uh, with his wingspan, which unfortunately isn't something we can coach that will cause him to drop into the board, uh, into the, on the boards of a really deep defensive end class. Um, but we have really shown the ability to cultivate defensive line talent. We've seen star, we've seen KK, we've seen even, uh, Julius Peppers himself, when he first came uh, as a Panther, uh, we've shown the ability throughout the years that we can really have a defensive line that we can take a new guy and do something special with. So I like 
street as a project defensive end here? All right, so for this pick, I'm actually going wide receiver. I'm going with Deshaun Hamilton uh, from Penn State. Uh, one thing I do like about him is that he can come in and he can push uh, Jarius Wright in, uh, in our training, in our camp, in our practice. Uh, he's pretty much nearly like him. Uh, slot receiver, good hands, good route running. Uh, doesn't need little work. Um, with his speed, his agility, but uh, I feel that uh, he could come in, he could immediately push Jerry's right, or uh, in the case that he doesn't work out, then we do have Deshaun Hamilton to to take over for that position. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, we're definitely risky, as we saw last season, with our wide receiver depth. So that's uh, a position that I did have kind of an eye on, um, but I felt like we did kind of address it. Uh, enough in the uh, the free agency that we didn't really have to worry too much uh, in the draft, at least in the first couple of days. Seems like you kind of agreed there. Um, but yeah, Wrights personally is someone I th- I see as especially the the start the guys that we have right now coming in from the new team that we didn't know who they are. Um, I see him as one of the weaker uh, wide receivers on the team right now. Um, and so I like the idea of bringing in someone to compete with him immediately, um, especially because this we are starting to get this late into the draft. So I, I, do, I do like the, uh, the Hamilton pickup here. Uh, so moving right on through round six, uh, this is going to be pick 197 for us. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and start out with Kurt Benkert. Uh, he's a quarterback out of Virginia. Uh, now, as of us recording this, we still have the ability to re-sign Derek Anderson. Um, but at 34 years old and probably costing us a minimum of $2 million as a backup, I don't see us re-signing him. And I don't think Garrett Gilbert is our answer for backup quarterback. Um, so I like us taking someone who is going to be able to sit on the bench and learn under Cam and... Uh, and Kurt Ben Kurt for me is exactly what we want with that. He's got similar issues right now to Cam. Um, and so while Norv and the guy that he's going to bring in uh, for QB work are going to be working with Cam, Ben Kurt can get a lot of the same uh, information, a lot of the same practice, and a lot of the same improvements that Cam does. He's not going to have the same skills as Cam. I mean, Cam's not the kind of guy that you see all the time, obviously. But as a backup and someone who's going to be able to keep our offense running, I like Ben Kurt here. With me, I'm going defensive tackle. Um, I think Poe is going to be good for us for a while. Uh, He's signed for three years. Um, But we really need to look at... uh, Possibly bringing in someone who can cover Kyle Love because we need to get younger, especially at the backup position. Uh, one of the things that we really do well is defensive line um, rotation. We try to keep uh, guys fresh mm-hmm. and uh, keeping our backups young, uh, it really helps out. Uh, here, my pick is Lowell Latulale. And yes, that is the same Latulale, Star Latulale's little brother out of Utah. 
Uh, very similar player, uh, big guy. He plays uh, run support. Uh, needs some work. I see him dropping round seven. Uh, I even see him falling out to um, pretty much the uh, free agents. But uh, I think we could work with him and bring him in. He could potentially be a, a replacement for Love in the future. If we work with him, at the very least, you know, he'll be stashed on a practice squad so we can work with him. Uh, so he's he's pretty much my favorite at this point. Yeah, I like that. Um, your point about Love being someone that we need to be on the lookout for going forward is a, a good one, uh, in my opinion. Um, he's definitely, with uh, Poe coming in, going to be the weakest of our defensive tackles. Um, and he's also, correct me if I'm wrong, the oldest. Um, so being able to have someone young who we can develop behind these guys um, and also be able to move on from love comfortably once the time comes is something that, if not this year, next year, definitely needs to be addressed. Um, and so I'm fine with going ahead and addressing it now, especially with uh, Star having had his roots here. Uh, the guys know the Latula family, uh, and I think that's a, a definite benefit to us because uh, it seems like Star left on pretty good terms. So I don't think his little brother will have any problems coming and playing for the Panthers. Uh, moving forward, though, into round seven, uh, we're moving all the way down to pick 234 here. Um, I've got my eyes on Jaleel Scott. He's a wide receiver out of New Mexico State. Uh, this is another hometown guy. Uh, he's comes out of Rock Hill. Um, and my biggest thing that I've got my eye on him for is he's got the height and the vertical to go after the highest of Cam's balls. Uh, he's six foot five and he's got a 34 inch vertical. Um, and as we mentioned before, and as a lot of our fans have mentioned, we've got some depth issues at wide receiver. Uh, and Scott, in my opinion, has the potential to be a backup slot guy, because I, I don't see all of the guys that we have right now staying in the slot. We're going to be moving some guys outside, um, and so we're going to need to make sure we keep our depth across the wide receiver pool, even if he ends up just on the practice squad. Um, he's been dropping this low, in my opinion, because he does have some issues with his route running, uh, and that's been something that we've been able to really address, and our coaches have been great at for a very long time going all the way back to Ricky Prohl. Um, and he was really the route runner whisperer in my opinion. Uh, and that was always what he excelled at. He's gone from the team now, unfortunately. Um, but the legacy of what he did as a coach really lives on. So I see Jaleel Scott as someone that we can really work with and have him become a player that we can actually use going forward. Yeah, I got to give credit to Lance Taylor as our wide receiver coach. Uh, he came in, and one of the things that Funches came out and said was that this guy really lives speed. Uh, he had him doing different types of workouts from what Prol had him doing that really focused on the, the speed ability of all the receivers. So uh, if, he's a big guy, but I'm pretty sure work with Lance Taylor, he could probably get something out of him uh, you know, as, as far as we need on speed. Uh, for my round seven pick, the first one, I'm going QB this time with Kyle Allen. Uh, we need someone pretty much to develop 
uh, you know, in the case, you know, Cam Newton is unable to continue in the future. Uh, hopefully, you know, he'll he'll play for the next 10, 15 years. But uh, with the way we play Cam Newton, <laughs> we, we can't be sure. Uh, one thing I like about Kyle, Kyle Allen is he's got the physical abilities. He's got the physical tools. And uh, in the, the words of our previous GM, he's a smart kid. He's uh, he picked stuff <laughs> up. The only issue is that mentally he can get in his own head. But with the right coaching, I think mm-hmm. we could pull uh, quite a bit out of him. Who knows, could pull Dak Prescott out of him. <laughs> but uh, I want to see <laughs> how our new QB coach does with uh, Kyle Allen. I think uh, we may have something there, potentially as a backup or at best uh, a potential starter even, or maybe even some trade bait in the future. So, yeah, my, my pick is going to Allen. And... I, I, I do like... Uh what you mentioned about Allen. Um, he's definitely someone who does have some mentality issues uh, that have really limited him uh, as time at Houston. And he's going to fall down boards because of it. Um, but I think that uh, for similar reasons that Burkert is going to do well for us um, if we take him, um, working at the same time as Cam, uh, Kyle Allen could do the same thing. Uh, Cam's got some of the same issues of being able to get into his own head. So working with Cam while Cam's working through getting through those issues is definitely something that could help us going forward with someone like Allen. So I, I like that uh, pickup. Uh, continuing on, we got our last pick of the draft, round seven. Pick 242. Um, Here, for me, we're looking at guys that may have the possibility somewhere. Um, And so for me, I I got my eye on Jordan Thomas. Uh, He's a tight end out of Mississippi State. Uh, He doesn't have a stellar body of work. He doesn't have much of a body of work at all, to be honest. Um, He only had 31 catches in college. Um, but he's recorded playtime for Mississippi State at tight end, defensive end, and offensive tackle. And at 6'6 and 280 pounds, he's got the cliche one thing you can't coach. He's got size. Uh, and his versatility and size combined uh, really make me want to take a chance here uh, that he could feel at worst a uh, backup position and at best, he can actually play his assigned position of tight end and be someone to learn from Greg Olson and work forward going uh, forward, being a better tight end, being a better route runner, being better blocker. Um, and if that comes to fruition and Greg's able to stay on for the three to five years he mentioned he wants to, this is someone that we could see developing over a few years into a really formidable tight end to take over pretty much the exact role that Greg Olson has. And that would be a huge boon for us, in my opinion. All right. For what is essentially our Mr. Irrelevant, um, hopefully he won't be irrelevant, but (laughs) I'm picking offensive lineman Casey Tucker out of Stanford. Now, the thing is that both the guards out of Stanford are really not popular with a lot of people. A lot of people are saying that they're unimpressive but I, I feel that they perform well enough uh, between the two of them and Christian McCaffrey. They 
did some magical things a couple years ago. So that's one thing I do like about Tucker is that he is the better of the two. He's big, strong. Uh, again, technique guy. He's not going to beat you with speed or quickness, but he will beat you with, with hands and with his technique. Uh, he has chemistry with Christian McCaffrey. And uh, when it comes to running up the middle, uh, we, need, we need that because it just it wasn't working the past couple of seasons. So um, hopefully we'll be able to do it. You know, Tucker will know Christian better, know, you know how he can run through the lines and uh, help him as best he can. Um, I feel that between him and Ragnall, I feel Tucker could be the next Norwell. Honestly, that's, that's high praise coming oh. from me. But uh, I feel that he's actually better than Ragnall. Uh, does need work. But uh, that injury to Ragnall is what's really going to hurt him in the battle between him and Tucker. Um, so, yeah, t- I like Tucker here. I double-dipped to safety earlier. I'm double-dipping at uh, offensive line now. <laughs> Nothing wrong with double-dipping, especially when we've got the uh, the holes that we do, especially the glaring ones, and being pretty well set off for the rest of our positions. Um. So that's going to do it for us looking through the draft itself. Um, but we aren't done just yet. We've got a couple more uh, things we have to take care of. First and foremost, those has got to be the tried and true favorite of favorites, our Nostra dumbass predictions going into the draft. So for myself, I'm going to go ahead and start out and say that Herney is going to make a big move in the first round of the draft. He's going to trade up and get us a major O-line talent. Uh, I've got either Will Hernandez or possibly, if we really want to get aggressive, Quentin Nelson as possible eyes here. See, this is funny. Our both predictions are pretty much the complete opposite. I'm predicting that Herney is going to target the Colts because they have two second-round picks, and we're going to trade out of the first and end up with uh, two early second-rounders. <laughs> wow, you really did go the exact opposite direction. Um, I could see uh, that being a possibility. The one thing that would lean me against that is this being uh, Herney's first season back as uh, general manager and with a new owner coming in, Herney's going to want to make his mark on the team and say, hey, you want to keep me around once the ownership changes. And so a big splashy move in the first round seems like something that might be right up his alley for something he wants to do to go forward with that. All right, now comes the time where we go ahead and take a dip into our mailbag and answer some of the questions that you guys have for us. Um, We do this each week, and we'll put up a thread each week and say uh, for you to submit your thoughts, your questions for us to get into this. Um, And so we'll go ahead and start out. Um... First, we've got user Dragoon Scaper. With many mock drafts showing Raid and Bates falling into the second, if this happens, who or what position should the Panthers draft in the first? What is your opinion of the wide receiver situation if they aren't a position you list in your possible first-round picks? And lastly, Mike Gesicki, yay or... Gesicki, sorry. Yay or nay? Um... So let's take this one uh, question at a time. He gave us a couple to work with. Um, first, 
Uh, I think we both thought that Reed and Bates both had the possibility to dra- fall out of the first round. Um, and so I made my move for uh, offensive line in the first round. Um, but if we don't go with safety or offensive line, I think I've got my eye on defensive end personally. Here's the thing. is, I see people talking about, you know, Reed could fall out uh, of the first and into the second. But I would really prefer not to take the chance that he does or not. Uh, if we wait till our second round pick to possibly get him and then he's not there. And honestly, at the first round at where we're picking right now, they're just, there's not a lot of, what you know what I'm trying to say. Star there's, talent. Yeah, there's no star talent at this point. Yeah, it's a deep draft. There's a lot of solid guys, but there's no one, for me, honestly, worth taking over Reed for what he can give to our team because, you know, our biggest issue last year was safety. Um, honestly, I just, like, if if I were to say... You want to make the move should, now, yeah. Yeah, I would make the move, honestly. That's fair. Um, both of us left... Uh, wide receiver to pretty late in the draft. So uh, I want to go ahead and get your opinion on what you think about our wide receiver situation as it is. I honestly think it's good. Um, we got a good mix of different types of players. Uh, we got, you know, our big guys. We got in Fudches. Um, of course, we got Olsen as our tight end. And we got a bunch of speed guys. You know, we got, uh, we picked up... Um, Smith, we also had from previous season, we had Samuel and Bird, uh, who both were making waves when they got the playing time, but then unfortunately injuries sort of uh, stalled them. And then we got, uh, you know, some solid slot guys. We got in uh, Jarius Wright, and uh, eventually when he comes back, we got Brent Burson. So, <laughs> now I think um, as far <laughs> as wide receiver situation goes, um I'd look more at someone we can develop for the next year or two and just roll with uh, the young guys we have now, uh, have Smith, you know, try to work up our players and uh, just see where we are, like what we got, because I don't think we are fully defined on what we want Cam to do. I know it's been seven years, but as far as as a passer goes, I, I don't think... Like we're 100% decided on what we want to do with him. Because there was one point last season where we were trying to do pocket passing and it wasn't really working out. But that was when we had Kelvin Benjamin. And I felt that he was probably the biggest wrench in our plans. So I want to see what we can do with our guys. If it's not working out at the time, then yeah, we might have to look at possibly bringing in some, some big star wide receivers. But for now, uh, I'm just looking at 2015 as pretty much a benchmark for what we could get out of Cam, uh, just focus on his protection, and I think he can do anything he wants to do with any receiver we give him. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of those points. Um, in particular, the one that I'm really looking at, and the one that seems like a lot of people are forgetting are two names, uh, and that's Samuel and Bird. Both these guys played incredibly. I mean, we... We at one point last season were talking about how the bird was flying high and bird is the word. Um, But both of them had unfortunate career, or not career, sorry, season-ending injuries um, that they're going to be coming back from 
uh, the start of this season. And I think both are very, very good wide receivers. Um, Samuel in particular, once he really started getting reps, really showed us what he's capable of doing, and I was really impressed with everything I saw from him. So if we're able to have Samuel be a bigger factor moving forward on a consistent basis, if we're able to have Bird get back to the play that he was showing, especially on special teams, uh, he's going to be a major impact for us. So I'm not particularly worried about uh, our wide receiver position. Uh, and final question was for Mike Gasecki. Gasecki? Uh, yay or nay? Uh, I'm going to go nay here. I don't think he is someone we really need to be keeping a major eye on. Uh, it'd be nice if he were to fall into a little bit later in the draft for us. We could pick him up there as kind of the best player available situation, but he's not someone I really want to go out of my way to pick up. Honestly, the, the tight end class this year kind of sucks. I I yeah. don't know. This is like the worst time to have this this poor pickings pretty much because with Olsen not looking so young anymore and could be gone, could be here, I don't know. Depends on his contract. Uh, this is like the worst time for the tight end class to be pretty bad because we needed someone now to pick up to start uh, working on. But just overall, it's it's not great. Uh, Gusecki, I'm going to say nay. I, I don't know. Yeah. I completely I, agree. Yeah. Uh, this one's from Guilty Jerk. With Wilkes gone, seems like we'll return to more front four base pass rush instead of blitzing so much. Are our personnel enough to get the pressure? We need to run a zone-based coverage scheme. Um, I'm going to say right now, no, they're not, um, especially our safety position. Um, and right now the depth of our cornerback position as well is a little suspect. I think we're probably fine there. Um, but I think that that's going to be answered in the draft. And once we do get those answers, I think that, yes, we will be fine to run a more zone-based coverage scheme um, and not worry as much about blitzing. Uh, We've got two of the best zone linebackers in the NFL in Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley, And so they always help us out with making it so that our issues aren't quite as glaring as they would be otherwise. Uh, We did have a couple of spots where we had coverage slip last season which was unfortunate from those two guys but i think going forward and especially with getting better help over the top it's going to make a big difference in that for us my issue with wilkes last season was that he didn't really trust our front four enough um i felt we have one of the better defensive lines in the league potentially top five right up there with the eagles and the vikings and the seahawks but Wilkes just didn't, I don't think he didn't trust him enough, but we were sending up our linebackers and DBs so much that I don't know if he just wasn't giving them a chance. Um, we, our new defensive coordinator is Washington, our former defensive line coach, and he knows our front four. So I feel that if anybody's going to put focus on that four-man rush, it's going to be him. I want to see more. Like I saw a lot from the Eagles. Their coverage was so good because they were focusing on four-man rushes and they were succeeding at it. Uh, we have defensive tackles just as good as them, 
you know, K1 short, maybe not on the level of Cox, but he's up there. One of the top three, top five defensive tackles. Uh, Poe is good. He's an upgrade over Star. And Addison has been on fire. Like, that guy just keeps getting better and better and better. And he's already 30 years old. And, you know, I don't see a ceiling mm-hmm. for him for maybe another two or three years. And uh, Jay Pep's back. That's going to be a big deal. And also, um, Dash is going to be back. And I felt that, feel that he could be, a, you know, could be a performer. <laughs> so, um, I think we got the talent to be a four-man rush. And I'm hoping with Washington being our new defensive coordinator that we start focusing into that because the blitzes last year was killing us. And it was, it was yeah. too much. McDermott did strategic blitzing. Wilkes was like, I'm just going to blitz every every play. I think I think we agree a lot on how we're, we want to see us approaching uh, blitzes going forward. Uh, going on, user crying Jordan's Hornets. Uh, what do you guys think about selecting Hayden Hurst? It seems a lot of our fans are split on the idea, and not many want him in the first. But I think he could be good for us as a second option behind Greg and or his future heir. A lot of guys are worried about his age, but I don't think that matters so much if he gives us the production. I'd rather draft a slightly older guy that gives us value than a younger guy who never pans out at all. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm on the uh, never Hayden Hurst camp. Um, I don't like him for answering our current needs at all. Um, with his age, by the time that Greg is retiring in three years or so he's already going to be into his 30s um that's not someone that i want to see as a new starter um i'd rather see us taking a guy that's in his early 20s than a guy that's in his late 20s um and as you mentioned earlier i don't think this is a great tight end class her her stands out because he's the best of an average bunch um, but in any other tight end class, he'd just be another guy. So I don't think he's really the answer that we want going forward. I pretty much have to agree with all that. Um, he's he's old. I think everyone's expecting another Greg Olson. You know, we got Greg, what, in his late 20s? Mid, mid to late 20s, he came over. And he's been... Yeah, I think it was like 28. Yeah, but... It's not a formula that we can expect to work every time. Uh, we bring in Hurst old, and then what if it doesn't work out? And he's already old enough that he's mostly going to be set in his ways. It's going to be a little bit harder to work with a guy at this age uh, developing because, you know, he's been doing it for so long. I, I don't know how long. He's been playing football for much longer than most guys in college. And uh, that's that's gonna hurt him in developing and hopefully using him in the future. You know, it's if he's average, he's gonna be average. There's nothing more to him. Yeah, and I think the biggest difference between him coming in at this age and Greg coming in at this age is that Greg had already been in the NFL for a couple of years. He'd already had a chance to get used to the pace of the game. He'd had a chance to work with an NFL offense, uh, and he's had a chance to work with NFL coaches. These are all things that Hurst hasn't had. And the pace of play in particular is my biggest sticking point here. Um, That's something that every single player has to get used to. It's why it's so rare to see someone immediately come out and be making massive impact on 
the game as soon as they come in. If we have to wait for Hurst to get used to the pace of play for a year or two, that's already a major downside for us. And so I I do have issues with him being quote-unquote slightly older. Five years is a bit more than slightly older. All right, this next one's from Silver Sound. Who is one player with baggage red flags that you would like to take a chance on? How well do you think we think we prepared for this draft by making FA moves so we could go BPA? And which QB will have their career ended at the draft, a.k.a. who goes to Cleveland? (laughs) So, again, there's uh, one, two, and three questions in there. Yeah. Uh, You want to start off from the first one? Yeah. um, I picked this one uh, honestly because of this first question was my biggest thing I wanted to take a a chance to say something on. um, With who do we have – who do we want to take a chance on that's got baggage or red flags – Honestly, there's not anybody in this draft with baggage or red flags that I want to take a chance on. Um, That's always been a matter of point for the Panthers organization that we don't go with guys that have red flags off the field, that have baggage that they have to work around. That's always been the thing that makes us distance ourselves from guys. Um, Look at... Someone like Greg Hardy recently. We got rid of him because of his off-field issues. Um, I don't want someone coming in immediately having issues with them uh, off the field. That's a big uh, issue for me, and it's something that I'm hoping that we don't do this year. Yeah, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anybody with any kind of character issues or who has had any legal troubles. Um, as far as the baggage or red flags, it depends on what Silver Sound is asking. Like, at what level uh, are we talking about? Where he's actually having legal troubles, or is it just, you know, his mental abilities need to catch up with his physical? Uh, one guy I look at is like Arden Key. Uh, he's he's got a lot of physicality. He's could be a good player. Could be one of the best defensive ends out of this draft. But they have issues or questions about his drive, about his ability to to keep his weight, to put on weight. You know, there's there's some stuff behind him. Um, I personally, with so many better players in draft, I, I was looking at Arden Key early on, but it's just, you know, with so many players now standing out to me after the combine, uh, Key is pretty much just falling off my radar. Uh, so really there's, there really isn't any players that I'm looking at that have those red flags that I would want to take a chance on. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a good point that there are other ways other than just off-the-field issues that could be red flags. Um, I will say, though, I think that one of the big, uh, most recent examples of someone who's got the issues, like you mentioned for Keith, of the uh, drive issues uh those were the issues that we had with Kelvin Benjamin and we saw him kind of have problems with effort on the field. And that led to issues as a whole for our offense. That's something I really don't want to put us through again. Um, but he also asked us, how do you think we prepared for the draft with free agent moves? So we could go best player available. So what do you think about that? I think we filled up our holes pretty well. Uh, some of the biggest issues we had going was, okay, the big one was um, star. 
how we're going to fill his uh, spot. And I think we we did very well. We can't do any better in the draft than bringing in Dontari Poe. Yeah, I do have Lowell as my draft pick, a later round draft pick. But I think Poe right off the the, the bat was uh, a big hole filler, both literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, you know, we brought in a couple receivers. Uh, hopefully, give Cam some you know more more solid weapons. Uh, I'm not a fan of any of the linemen we brought in. Uh, Searles was universally panned by Minnesota fans. And Silotolu, I don't want him. <laughs> I can't believe we, we extended him, but he's he's not good. He's not good at all. He he was good his rookie year as a backup, but last year is he just was a testament to himself for how bad he was. Um, secondary... Uh, I think Cockrell and Cersei were great additions. Uh, Cersei could be the the guy that replaces Demetrius Cox. I think the team liked Cox a lot, but uh, he kind of disappeared. I think he did get injured uh, partway through the season, so he probably saw the field. Um, really, the only holes we are left with is still guard and safety. Uh, the other positions, they're not really holes as they are just bolstering the position. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I, I actually really like the way that we handled free agency this season. Um, we took our most glaring holes, and even if we didn't add someone who's going to be a starter, we added depth at minimum. Uh, we addressed the biggest positions of need that ever, that we could see, and... That's something that we haven't always done. So I, I really like the way that we handled um, this going forward. I think that uh, we set ourselves up, maybe not for best player available, because we do have still some pretty glaring holes at a couple of positions. As you mentioned, safety is still a bit of a um, position of need for us. Um, and it's something that we're going to have to address in the draft if we want to have an effective secondary going forward. But we made some pickups that are going to allow us to have a bit more leeway in where we want to move. Cockrell is a great ad for cornerback. Uh, Searcy, I'm I'm really happy with his pickup for uh, for safety. Um, I think he's someone that really makes a is going to make a big difference for us right off the bat. Um, and finally, what's your quarterback pick for for the? Uh, for the uh, Browns, who's going to get their, their career ruined? See, I don't think Cleveland's going to pick a quarterback. I think, it, I think they're going to they're gonna trade out of the first. Out of the first? In typical Browns fashion. Yeah, I, I mean, out of the, the first spot. Are, are you one of those people that thinks they're going to trade over to uh, New England? I don't know who, just whoever. All I know is Cleveland... Uh, I see. I already made my Noster dumbass. <laughs> I I do want to make another one, but uh, yeah, I I think Cleveland's gonna trade out that first spot. Uh, they they've done it before. I don't think they are not gonna do it again. I just they're just waiting for a good deal to come by. And for the fourth round pick, most likely they're taking either uh, Barkley or Minka. So they're gonna they're gonna do what the Texans had been doing for so long and just avoid the problem. <laughs> well, if we're going to go with the spirit of the question, then it's unfortunate 
but I think Sam Darnold's career is over. Uh, if he gets, if the, the Browns actually address their issue, he's going to be the quarterback they take, and he's never going to be heard from again, unfortunately. Um, moving on, we've got user and a friend of ours, Re Vars. Uh, if we go for best player available, what will be the most shocking positions to pick up in the first three rounds? How many pick trades do you think the Panthers take part in? And who do you think has the potential to be an unexpected superstar from this draft class? So first question, um, I think linebacker, straight up. That If we go linebacker any of the first three rounds, that's going to be the biggest shock because we really don't need linebackers, but we could pick one. You know, that there's a, that's always on the table. You know, m- maybe they decide Mayo's not good enough to back up Keekly, or maybe they decide, hey, you know, um, TD's going to be gone and Shaq is going to move up. We need someone to back Shaq up, someone who's solid. So, I mean, it could happen. It'd, it'd be shocking if it happens, but it could happen. Yeah, I could definitely see that being a a big uh, shock. I think my biggest shock is probably the most obvious one. If we made a pick in the first three rounds for a quarterback, my mind would be blown. That's so far down our needs in terms of someone that's going to be going that highly uh, that I, I don't see any chance that we take a quarterback in the first three rounds. Starting with round five, maybe, but not in the first three. Yeah, yeah. it really comes down to how the team feels Cam is doing because, you know, Cam did come off of his most successful down season, I would say. But uh, if they feel that these injuries are just piling up and it's not going anywhere, then they could decide, hey, we need to get ready to move on. But, uh, yeah, that would be shocking. Um, he also asks us how many pick trades do we expect the Panthers to take part in? Um, I don't see us doing any more than one. We've already got no pick in the fourth round. Um, and I don't think we want to go two rounds without picks. Um, so I think that we could see either our seventh or our third combined with one of our other picks to move up in that same round. Or we could see both of those extraneous picks packaged together to move into a second second rounder or something similar and who do you think has the potential to be an unexpected superstar from this draft class that one's a little bit harder yeah that one's uh because we're going with someone who's not i guess not expected to be a standout star immediately um Looking back at our picks so far, I could see, honestly, either Scarborough or Freeman being the unexpected picks. And if I'll, honestly, I'll, I'll go with your pick. I'll say Freeman, if we go with Freeman, um, has the potential to be kind of the, the dark horse superstar out of this draft class for us. Um, he's not someone that a ton of people have had their eyes on, um, but he's got the talent to be a quality NFL running back and especially with our needs and where our holes are at power running back he's got someone who could be a huge plus for us going forward for me I'm 
I want to say Casey Tucker. I, I'm really high on this guy. I have us picking him up in the seventh round, but like I said, you know, Norwell we got as a uh, undrafted free agent, and I feel that Tucker could potentially be that Norwell. I think he could break out and over the next couple years, either as a guard or potentially even as a tackle, because he did play some tackle uh, in Stanford. Um, I feel that he could be the next top five lineman. Next question is from some some guy. I don't know who this is. Rocket Punches. Have you heard of him? Um, I think he's new to the sub. Yeah, I've seen him around once or twice. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll ask around, see if anybody knows who Rocket Punches is. But he asks, um, when would you be comfortable picking up a backup QB in the draft this year? Um... I think we I think we're we, pretty consensus on this, right? Yeah, it's anytime after after the fourth round, I'd be happy with it. Or if we made it, if we trade into the fourth round for an average guy, I can I can be happy with that as well. Um, I I don't see us making any big moves in the first two days for uh, a quarterback. Day three or an undrafted free agent is where I want to see us taking one if we take one. Yeah, I have to agree. Um... You know, I, I think Cam will be around for a long while. I think we just need someone who we can develop over the long term, who can either be, a, at best, a good backup. No, I'd say at worst, a good backup, and at best, a future starter who could potentially be trade bait, even. I mean, just look at the Eagles. They uh, they had Wentz playing most of the season. He was prone to blowing up other teams. And when he went down... Have no fear, Nick Foles is here. So that'd be kind of the position I'd be looking at with us if we go with uh, one of these one of these guys in the in the late round. Yeah, that's uh that's about what I would see uh, us doing with it, and I honestly expect us to. I do expect us to to make a pick in the late rounds for those. Uh, finally, we've got user Rambo Tiger. What's the one thing you are most excited for heading into the draft? For it to be over. <laughs> <laughs> you tired of uh, doing a ton of analysis and getting prepared? <laughs> yeah. Like, over the years, over the past several years, I've been getting more and more into it. Like, if it was five, maybe six years ago, all I would care about was our first maybe two or three picks, and then I would be like, whatever, on the rest. But I've been sinking so much time into this now that... For it to just finally be over and we don't have to speculate and, you know, pretend who's good and who's bad and all that that garbage. And I can take a break from just watching so much football. <laughs> I think my my biggest uh, thing I'm looking forward to is going to come in round two. Uh, we've got Jordan Gross is going to be announcing our second round pick. And I was always a big fan of him when he was playing over on our left tackle and keeping everything held down for us. Um, and it, I always love seeing him nowadays with how much weight he has lost and how thin he looks. Plus, he's just an all-around nice guy. So I'm looking forward to him I'm getting the notice. He isn't, uh, I'm surprised he isn't friends with Gronkowski yet. <laughs> I'm glad he isn't friends with Gronkowski. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Gronk doesn't think 69s are gross, though. <laughs> oh, good <laughs> lord! Oh my lord! I didn't. I didn't see where you're going with that. 
<laughs> oh man. All right. Well, this is where we go ahead and kick it over as much as we joke about him to our wonderful editor, Rocket Punches. And he's going to tell us everything we got wrong, give you guys a little update on his thoughts, and just keep you keep us honest. What is up, everybody? It is your producer, Rocket Punches, here at the start of a new season. Technically, we're not quite to the football yet, but we're at the start of a new season of the Panthers Reddit podcast. And I am here as always, to give some corrections. The first of which is, and the only of which, because I only have one, uh, kudos to Beelzebub and Saber on that one. There seems to be some misunderstanding about uh, Hayden Hurst's status as far as age is concerned. He is 25 right now. Not sure when his birthday is and how old he will be during the season. But as I understand it, uh, 25 is where he's at right now. Um... So not not in his late 20s yet, not that old. Also not been playing football that long. He was a baseball guy beforehand, so, you know, has gotten better over the years. And like they said, the best, like, tight end overall. The question with Hayden Hurst becomes, how good do you think he's going to be? If you think he's going to be an elite-level talent that you're going to have a hard time re-signing, then you may want to spend a first-round pick out of, on him because you get five years of an elite level player and then he goes off and signs with somebody else we get him in his late 20s when he is athletically at his best theoretically and he moves on uh later on down the line and we have time to find another solution at the position uh outside of that though there's not much else to consider about him he's a pretty known quantity uh as for the podcast like i said the guys did pretty well the draft starts Thursday night, so if you're interested in it, make sure you tune in. Uh, keep an eye on the sob. I'm sure they'll have a thread up. All that jazz. Um, until later, maybe around training camp, uh, we're going to be off most likely. So uh, when we get back, I'll see you guys then. Until then, uh, as my good friend Dimitri says, be easy. All right, guys. Uh, thank you, Rocket, for keeping us honest and making sure that we're Good to go on everything. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Panthers Reddit. You can visit us on Reddit directly at panthers.reddit.com. Uh, you can also email us at redditpanthers at gmail.com. As always, stay out of the Saints sub, stay out of the Bucks sub, stay out of the Falcons sub, and of course... And that's Bucks with two Cs. <laughs> yes. But of course, as always... Keep pounding.